Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. So as you can see, I am not Pastor Joshua, but Pastor Joshua and Pastor Corinne send their greetings, and I thank them for this opportunity for me to share with you this morning um, what the Lord has placed on my heart. I'll introduce myself for those that don't know. I am Minister Kendi, because somebody after the first service said, what's your name? And I said, <laughs> no, everybody does not know you. So I, I, am, I am Minister Kendi. I'm excited to be here. I'm also excited that summer, as far as I'm concerned, summer's already started. I have my summer nails. Do you like it? Summer nails. <laughs> And I'm always excited about summer for two things. One, summer vacations, something that my family and I, we've always done. So I'm excited for summer vacation. When I was a kid, I would start counting down from like 90 days. I'd be like, it's 89 days. Mommy, it's 70 days. It's 60 days. And I am still counting down. It's actually on my calendar. I'm counting down. And I'm also excited about summer blockbuster movies. And there are two in particular that I am anxious to watch. One is the new Transformers movie. They're more than meets the eye. And we're more than meets the eye. And another one is the new Indiana Jones movie. I was like, Harrison, 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 you like 100. Um, <laughs> time for Indy to retire, but I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to that as well. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Joshua said that he likes rom-coms. I like rom, not the calm. I don't really like comedies, so just romance. And I also like to watch action movies. Movies, yes, with killing and stabbing and blood. Um, so I know those are two extremes. Do not try to deliver me. I don't need deliverance from that. I take, I take notes when I'm watching. I was like, yeah, I can do that in the spirit too. Uh, one of my favorite action movies is the movie 300 because it puts me in the mindset of one of my favorite people in the Bible, and that is David. I've talked about David before. I've, I've talked about David almost every time that I've spoken. And actually, my very first sermon when I was 15 years old at United Christian Church in Nassau, Bahamas, was titled Only a Boy Named David. So when Holy Spirit was like, David, I said, David again? The people tired of hearing about David. He said, no, the people need some more lessons for David. And so as I looked at the life of David, right, I started to think about his beginning. He writes in the Psalms that he was conceived in iniquity. So that leads us to believe that maybe he was, his dad cheated on his mom or his mom. Something happened there for him to be conceived in iniquity. And then when we look at when God gave Samuel the word to go to Jesse's house, that's David's dad. And he said that one of Jesse's sons is king. Now, Jesse had eight sons. We'll read about that soon. But he only invited seven to see Samuel. He left David in the field. Right? And so we start to look at maybe 
David had some rejection issues. There was something going on with David and his family. He was out there watching the sheep by himself. His father didn't even invite him in the house. He's born in iniquity. So, but the thing that I love about David was that he was tenacious. And that tenacity is what led him to fight Goliath. And we'll read about that right now in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to read a lot this morning. So I hope you have your Bibles. Who has their Bibles? Let me see your Bibles. Pastor Sandra raised her hand like she tells she's a teacher. She's like, <laughs> I don't see a whole bunch of Bibles. I don't see a whole bunch. Thank you, Mr. James. He got his Bible and his Bible app. Thank you. Y'all slow to pull out. We used to play a game called Bible Sword. You guys would all lose at that game. <laughs> so we're going to be in the Bible a lot. We're going to read a lot of word because I like the word. And you can't say Kendi said. You got to say the word of God says. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I am reading from the New Living Translation. All the scriptures I read this morning will be from the New Living Translation. And it says, The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Sokar in Judah and Ezekiel at Ephes Damon. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. That's like bigger than joking, way bigger. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear, of his spear was as heavy as, and as thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spear head that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. So Goliath was big and tall and had a lot of heavy armor. He stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am a Philistine champion, but you're only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephrite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at the time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimea, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. Forty days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, and I like how it says one day, like it's by happenstance, but there are no happenstances with God. So Jesse thought he was just sending David on an errand, but actually that was Holy Spirit inspired. 
So one day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. This is the good part. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the ranks, from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Now, a couple of verses before, they was like, yeah, get Goliath, let's go. And now they're running away. Have you seen the giant, the man asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing by, what y'all say? What are you going to get, a wife and don't have to pay taxes? Sign me up. He really said, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, this is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Little brother problems. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and, king, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about the Philistines, David said to Saul. I'll go and fight them. Now, I would like to imagine that David was like Gerard Butler in 300 and like tall and stacked, but uh, I did... <laughs> I did some research about the average height of a Hebrew man at this time, and it's shorter than me. It's like 5'3", and David is a boy. He's 17, so he still has some growing to do. So David was really little compared to Goliath, but I said he was tenacious. So he's like, I'll go. I'll fight him. Y'all just standing around here. So... Saul says to him, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I like that. That's what you do to the enemy. You catch him by the jaw and club him to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. 
Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped, on the, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. He takes off the armor. He leaves the sword. He picked up five smooth stones. We already heard about Goliath's armor. And David picks up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed with only a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, snaring in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. I just want to pause there for anybody that is facing a giant today. If you're facing a giant of fear, a giant of rejection, a giant of poverty, a giant of lack, a giant of low self-esteem, the battle belongs to the Lord, and he will give you victory. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from the sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Amen. Amen. So David defeated Goliath with a stone and a sling. He went into this battle with a shepherd's staff, his shepherd bag with five stones and a sling. God did not allow David to defeat Goliath with things that he, weren't, he wasn't familiar with. That's why when he put on Saul's armor, he was like, it's not about it was too big for him. Like I see depictions of it's too big for him. I'm not used to it. I don't know how to use this. I'm going to use what God has given me, what God has trained me with. So David thought that he was watching sheep and protecting sheep from bears and lions, but God was preparing him to be a warrior champion for Israel. He was preparing him to defeat Goliath. So everything that David needed to defeat the Goliath, the giant, was already inside of him. From the moment that he was born, everything that he had ever went through, 
It was already, it was being deposited in him by God to prepare him for this moment. And every moment after that, when he had to go to war, that God was depositing in him a gift of a spirit of a warrior. So whatever he needed was already inside of him. So whatever you need to defeat the giant in your life is already in you. That is already in you. God already put it in you. He already deposited it in you. That you thought that you were at a job for a certain reason. It was just training ground. You thought that you were in a relationship for a certain reason. It was just training ground. That he was preparing you for the giants and the battles that were to come. The lessons that you have learned is to so that you can defeat the giant in your life. We sing a song that we're designed to win right? So that means that when God created you, when he shaped you, when he fashioned you, when he breathed his breath of life into you, he designed you for you to win. So that means that he already put everything inside of you for you to win. Everything that you need, he has already put it inside of you and it's laying dormant waiting for you to stir it up or for me to stir it up, or for the person next to you to stir it up. For David, when he came, he came to give his brothers uh, some bread and drop off some cheese. But when he started to hear Goliath talk to Israel like that, he said, wait, hold on. Who are you talking about God's people like this? Are you crazy? And that gift inside of him began to stir. And he said, oh, I might be only a boy named David. And I might only have a little sling, but God is with me and I can defeat you. Because he knew that it is not by our might, nor is it by our power, but it is by the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. So God places what we need inside of us, but he also places what we need around us. So last week, we talked about community. I saw Jeremy in the back. Uh, Jeremy was on the panel last week, and he was given some pretty accurate description of some people in, in the ministry, in the house, in the body of Christ. And I was one of those people. I said, I really do pace up and down with my hands. But I really do do that. I was like, he was paying attention. But as, as he began to speak, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about next week. Because he was, he was talking about when he would call Pastor Joshua, and after talking to him, he would feel like he can conquer the world because of Pastor Joshua's encouragement. That is a gift of the Spirit, right? Or if we go and Prophet Eddie gives him a prophetic word, that's a gift of the Spirit. Or if we're praying, and you're like, oh, my goodness, how are you praying? And you know exactly what I'm going through, and I didn't tell you anything because of the gifts of the Spirit, right? So God, we'll read in Scripture that God gives each of us a gift. And it is for, it's not for you. The gift isn't for you. Me having a gift of teaching isn't for me. I can't teach myself. Somebody with a singing gift, the gift is not for them to sing to themselves. The gift is for all of us, right? So that we can grow, so that we can mature, and we can win as a community. So the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is to build each other up, and it is a benefit of being in the community. 
So I'll use the sports analogy since it's, um, should I mention the heat? Oh, yeah. Y'all pray, pray, pray for the Miami Heat. Um, so <laughs> it's like being on a team. So everybody on the team is gifted. They would not be on the team if, they're not, if they weren't gifted. And not just on the court, not just the folks that we see on the court or see on the bench or the coaching staff. It's everybody that is a part of the, to help the team win, right? So it's the people, it's the statistician that we don't see. It's the training, it's the people that train them. It's every single person that's on the team working in their gifting for a specific purpose. And they're working together to win a championship or not because anyways... Um, so they're all working together to win. And so it's the same thing with the body of Christ, that each one of us, we have a gifting, right? And it's not for us, like I said, it's for each other. So we have to all be moving and working in our gifts so that we can win corporately, right? And when we win corporately, we win individually. Because when they win a championship, long shot, but when they win a championship... Every person is going to get a ring. It's not just the guys who play. Everybody on the team, whether they never play one minute in the game, they get a ring. Everybody on the coaching staff gets a ring. All the trainers get the ring. Everybody in the front office, you work in marketing, you get a ring. Okay, everybody that's a part of the team gets a ring. So everybody is a winner. So when we win, we're moving and operating in our gifts and in our calling then we can all win corporately and we all win individually, right? So last week, I believe it was last week as well, Pastor Joshua mentioned the fivefold ministry. And that is in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. And the reason that I read all of the scripture is because when we study the word of God, we don't just read the text. We read what is called the pretext, that's what comes before it, and what and we read the post-text, that's what comes after it, so we can get the context. And we cannot take his word out of context, because sometimes people do that when they just pick out a scripture and it's like, that ain't the whole thing. Did you read the verse before it? So we're gonna read Ephesians chapter four, verses one through fourteen, and this is where Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he is talking about the fivefold, what we call the fivefold ministry. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So he's writing to the church. He ain't just writing to the pastors, everybody in the church. And he's saying, you have been called by God. And so this is God talking to you this morning. You've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for, one, for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all of us. However, he has given each of us a special gift. He's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. This is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. 
This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher are gifted, right? We look at them, we see them up here, we go to them, and they are gifted. But this says that they are gifts to the body of Christ, they are a gift to the body of Christ. Why? Their responsibility is to equip God's people, to equip us to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the fivefold ministry is a gift to us, to equip us. Equip us in what? Our gifts. Our gifts. Our job is to pull your gift out of you, to set you in your gift and in your calling. So it's not just for the ones that you think are chosen or anointed or holy because we're all chosen. We're all anointed. We're all holy and we each have a gift in us. And so when we go to, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he also talks about it in Romans chapter 12, but I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 first, uh, where he lists some of the gifts of the Spirit. And in verse 7, I'm reading verse 7 through 11, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is, the one and, it is the one and only spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And now we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And Paul writes to the church in Rome, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are, because you got a gift. So everybody gifted, so don't think you're special. 
Um, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have, been, have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. We belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So let's list from these two passages of scripture, 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, let's list the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we have the gifts of word of wisdom, the gifts of word of knowledge, the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, the gifts of miracles, the gifts of discerning of spirits, the gifts of speaking in unknown tongues, the gifts of interpreting tongues, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of serving, the gifts of encouragement, the gifts of teaching, the gifts of giving, the gifts of leadership, and the gifts of kindness. So I'm not going to go into what each gift is because that's your job to find out. The Bible says study to show yourself approved, right? But I bring them up because each one of us has a gift, right? And like I said, we're not winning, collectively if each person on the team is not carrying their weight and moving and operating in the gift that God has given you. So study the word of God. Seek the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, which one of these gifts do you want me to operate in? I want to operate in all of them. So every morning I pray and I say, stir up these gifts within me. So that is up to you to do, to begin to study and seek God and say, which gift, what is my contribution? What part of the body of Christ am I? So that we can all win. I went to, um, I went to a luncheon on Friday, and I, I don't like networking, Mr. James. I don't like talking to strangers, people really at all. Um, I don't, I don't. And, but that's what I was there for. And so I'm, I, um, I'm introduced to this lady and I'm talking to her and all of a sudden she, she starts calling people over. She said, come here, come here, come here. And now it's about six of us standing in a circle and she leans in and she said, the Holy Spirit just told me that he is about to release an anointing on someone in this circle for breakthrough. I so well, praise God, it's me, hallelujah, I receive it. But I bring that up to say that she was moving in her gifts of prophecy and it didn't matter where she was because the gift is for the body of Christ and the body of Christ is not confined to this building. That there are other believers out there who need your gift. I was encouraged by what she said. Suppose she hadn't said anything. Suppose she didn't have the boldness to say, we're all strangers. We don't know each other. And she's like, the holy one guy was looking at her like, holy who? <laughs> he, he was so lost. And she was, but she said it. So that's my point that when we go out of this place, out of this building, that there are people out there that need your gift. 
that are hopeless and need a word of encouragement, who are sick and need healing, who lack faith and need faith, who are destitute and poor and needs us to walk in the gifts of generosity. On our jobs, leadership is a gift. The Bible says if you have the gift of leadership, take responsibility. That God did not give you that gift for you to sit on the sideline and let somebody else get in the game. It's time for you to get in the game. In this season, God is bringing people from the, from the background into the foreground. So if you got comfortable sitting in the background, time's up. He's moving you into the foreground. And he does this so smooth. He, like with David, David's like, I'm going to take uh, some bread and some cheese to my brothers. That is what I'm here for. And God said, no, you're here to fight a giant. So God will put you in places and you, hear, you, there, you think you're there for one thing. And he's going to say, open your mouth. I got in the lift. I shared with Rosa, got in the lift. Oh, Jesus. So I ordered a lift, got in the lift. The man says the lift was canceled. I am in the lift. I did not cancel it. I look, it says somebody else is on the way. So I get out of the vehicle and the other vehicle pulls up. I get in that vehicle. I sit in the vehicle. Immediately, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to talk to her about me. Hmm. Who, wait, hold on. You talking to me? Okay. And we had a great conversation. It was easy. It wasn't hard. That's one thing the enemy tries to make you think, like operating and moving in your gift is something hard. It's not hard. It's easy. The Holy Spirit makes it easy. Every, he makes everything easy, and he leads and guides us into all truth. Receiving a gift is easy. It's easy in the natural, right? All, all you got to do is take it. Now, when you open it and it has like a thousand parts, um, that might be the difficult part, and you have to go to the manual, and it's the same thing with spiritual gifts. It's easy for us to receive them, but when we start to use them and to operate in them, it takes practice. Prophet Deborah often says that um, tongues is like exercising a muscle, right? The more you do it, the stronger you get at it. And that's every gift. That's the gift of prophecy, that's giving, that's faith. The more you use the gift, the stronger you get at it. So that is my encouragement to you this morning, that if you have a gift and you ain't using it, you sitting on it, start to exercise that gift. I'll say it like Paul wrote to Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. Like I said, that's my prayer every morning. Stir up the gift that is within me, that I'm not going to have gifts and not use them. Because we have to answer for that. God is going to be like, but I gave you the gift of prophecy, but you won't open your mouth. And I feel like God is releasing. I've been praying this all week. I feel like God is releasing some people's tongues that have been closed in this season. He's going to give you prophetic words. And he's going to give you words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And he's going to stir discernment in you. And you're going to hear something. Don't keep your mouth closed. It's for you to release. To encourage your brother and your sister. who are go Like they need it. Like sometimes I need to hear that encouragement. And there are people that need to hear that encouragement. So stir the gifts that are within you. Study to show yourself approved. The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then these things will be added unto us, right? But we want the things added unto us first. Seek God's face and not his hand. Seek his presence and not what he can give you. And say, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Amen. Let us pray.
Father God, we just praise you and thank you, Lord God, for being generous and abundant with your gifts. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gifts that you've placed in each and every one of us. And I ask right now, Lord God, that you give us the courage to step out on faith, to have belief that the things that you have for us or inside of us that you're releasing upon us in this season, Lord God. I come against anything that would cause us to doubt or have fear. Your word says that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. So I bind up fear right now and I release power, love, and soundness of mind upon your people right now in the name of Jesus. I come against any spirit, Lord God, that is causing your people not to hear and receive what you're saying. I come, Lord God, against that spirit right now in the name of Jesus, and I decree and declare that what is said will be received. It will be planted as a seed in the hearts of your people, and it will produce good fruit, that we will hear the testimonies, Lord God. We will see people begin to walk in their gifts and in their calling and in their purpose, Lord God, to bring you glory, to bring you honor, and to bring you praise. And if there's anyone in here that said, I don't, I don't even know what the gifts of the Spirit is because I don't know the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but you want to get to know the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. You can repeat this prayer after me. If you want to get to know the Holy Spirit, if you want to get to know God the Father and have a relationship with him so that he can use you, you can go ahead and repeat after me. Father, I thank you for your son and the gift of salvation. I surrender myself to you, to your will, to your way, and to your heart. And I say, use me in any way that you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.